Twas the show before Christmas, and all through the land, people tuned in to hear our arguments, knowing Elrods would be bland. I and my ball cap and Bennett's head shining bright. There are six different debates tonight, any of which could start a fight. Real trees and fake trees, music and decor, too early or too late. What color are your Christmas lights? Mariah Carey or Buble? Our main event tonight could cause some people to be moody. Die Hard, although great, is it really a Christmas movie? So thank you all for joining us and not getting out of Dodge. We're delighted to present to you tonight a holiday hodgepodge. We started this show out of boredom, and boy, we watched it grow. Merry Christmas to all. Welcome to the Convince Me Show. Ho, 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 welcome in, everybody. It's a special ho ho holiday edition of Convince Me. Uh, I am Andy Rutherford, joined as always by Mr. Casey Elrod, Mr. Brian Bennett. Gentlemen, it's a festive time of year. Are you ready for tonight's show? I'm ready for tonight's show. I have a feeling that some of these are going to be contentious, but this last one tonight that we're doing is going to be a real treat, a real treat for everybody. Ho, ho, ho. All right, I think you've really, you've went above and beyond and not done yourself this time with that opening. That was, yeah, I was expecting a, was a poem. They got a novel. That was great. <laughs> that was like, you know, only about a tenth as long as the actual Night Before Christmas poem. But anyway, welcome in, everybody. This is a big week. Of course, it's Christmas week. Um, if you celebrate such a thing, but Hanukkah, whatever, Kwanzaa. I'm not sure of all the dates on those. I know Hanukkah's still going on. I think Kwanzaa's like, what, 26th? Is that right? I don't know. Don't know. Obviously, I'm not as cultured as I would like to be. Uh, of course, Festivus for the rest of us uh, on the day this drops on the 23rd, but Festivus kind of sucks because the 23rd is my birthday. Screw Seinfeld's made-up holiday. It's about me. It's my birthday. Uh, so this is a big week for us at Convince Me Show. Uh, this is going to be a big show. We wanted to do something Christmassy again uh, since it is this week. And we decided we hadn't done a hodgepodge in a while, so why not? We're going to give you a holiday hodgepodge tonight. But first, it is the Weekly Shield. Make sure... <laughs> You guys are following us on all of our socials. Uh, probably our most active, our most followed, facebook.com slash convince me show. That's where you're going to get the preview every Tuesday night. Uh, a preview of each episode. Typically, it's, it's you know, 10, 15 minutes, uh, maybe a quarter of the show tonight. We've got a special treat for you guys. We'll get more into that in a minute for those of you who may be watching us on Facebook. But facebook.com slash convince me show. Twitter 
at Convince Me Show. Uh, occasionally we get lazy and decide to let you guys pick the show topics. Um, we'll throw up a poll over on Twitter, so make sure you're following us there. Um, let's see here. Instagram, at Convince Me Show. Again, nothing real special over there. Um, but if you're going to follow us on the rest of them, you might as well follow us there as well. And of course, you can get every episode in its entirety in video format on our YouTube channel, which can be found at tinyurl.com slash convince me show. And of course, the podcast itself dropping every Wednesday, uh, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If we're not there, uh, then let us know and we'll see what we can do to get there. Gentlemen, anything else before we dive right into this? Get it on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've got six topics for you tonight, split evenly amongst us, each of us uh, moderating two topics, each of us arguing four topics, um, each of us facing off with one of our co-hosts twice. If you've seen our, our HodgePodge episodes, you know what they're like, short topics, short form uh, yet sometimes they can get pretty interested, and we hope that's the case here tonight. So we're going to start off with topic number one, where I will be mediating, and it's a holiday argument, a holiday debate that you've probably heard um, for years. What, what's a staple uh, of everybody's decor that they put up for Christmas? Maybe you go full-blown Clark Griswold and your entire yard can be seen from the, you know, space station. Maybe you just go real simple and put up one or two things, but I guarantee one of those one or two things, everybody puts up a Christmas tree. So that leads us to our first debate tonight, and that is when we're talking Christmas trees, which one is better, which way to go, if you're trying to buy your first tree, what's it going to be? Real trees, represented tonight by Mr. Bennett, or your fake trees, represented tonight by Mr. Elrod. Mr. Elrod, you are up first. All right, right. I'll put it to you like this. I know you see a lot of uh, Christmas movies. I, I think of Christmas Vacation where they're trying to go out and to get a real Christmas tree. We all know that turns into a disaster in that movie. But let's talk about real Christmas trees for a second. You know, Christmas can be a very challenging time, a very stressful time. Why in the world would somebody want to put more stress in a Christmas by getting a real Christmas tree where you have to water this thing? You have to sweep all the crap that comes off of it. You've got to trim the tree. you got to worry about putting it in the right place so the Christmas tree can be fresh. That is so much to be worried about on top of getting presents. Where are we going to go for these Christmas parties? There's too much going on. I'm here to tell you, I'm all about fake. I'm all about the fake Christmas tree. You don't have to. There's no maintenance. Yeah. For the last 25 years, Americans have been trending more fake in terms of Christmas tree than real Christmas tree because it's convenient. You, you pay $100, you can have this Christmas tree for years. You don't have, you can put it in the attic and bring it out. You don't have to go out and cut it and cut your arm off. You don't have to do that. Much safer. And if you look at real Christmas trees, 
grow Christmas trees are responsible for a lot of house fires. So you're not going to cut your arm off by cutting the tree down. You're not going to burn your house down. Now, I'll say this. Real Christmas trees get a big, um, one of the notches against real Christmas trees is the pre-lit uh, fake Christmas tree. Those suck. Don't go get the pre-lit fake Christmas tree. Get one that doesn't have the lights so you don't have to throw the entire thing away if some of the lights go bad. Get Christmas tree, fake Christmas tree. No lights. You'll have it for five years. And you cut out the bull crap. And that, my friend, is the reason why the fake Christmas tree is much better than the real Christmas tree. Do you have any statistics on arms lost while cutting down Christmas trees? No, I'm going deep. I'm going deep tonight. Because I don't know that that... Okay, anyway. All right, Bennett, taking the opposite stance here. You a real one. Tell me about them real trees. All right, so what's Christmas about? It's about family, but it's also... One of my main themes tonight is going to be it's about tradition. And one of the most common symbols of Christmas is your tree. And I think you should go with a real Christmas tree instead of a fake Christmas tree. With the real Christmas tree, you can establish a tradition with your family. As a family, you can all go out and pick that perfect tree that's just right for you and your family you know, whether that be a certain shape or a certain size, that's just something you just can't simply get out of a box. Uh, if you've got kids like we do, this is a nice little outing for them. With the, the kids get excited to get out of the house, they get to go on adventure, they get their own special tree. And as an added bonus, with each real tree comes within a built-in air freshener, which keeps your home that wonderful Christmassy smell without having to deal with the candles or the wax melts or none of that stuff. It's already built in. Real trees are better for the environment. In most cases, um, with every tree that's cut down, they, uh, they replace it with a new one every year. Uh, your real trees can be uh, broken down and reused, such as for like mulch and stuff. And you're really cutting down on uh, waste like excess plastic and excess steel that's just going to wind up in a landfill down the road and finally my last point when you purchase a real tree from a tree farm you're helping support local businesses and we know that now more than ever is a great time to shop local <laughs> don't buy from the big box store support your small businesses and keep the money in the community Wow. Sure, there's a little bit more maintenance with a real tree, but I think that the benefits greatly outweigh the small maintenances that come with it. So to me, I think a real Christmas tree is the better choice. Um, I thought me cutting my arm off, cutting uh, cutting down this real Christmas tree was a stretch, but okay, okay. Going the eco route. You know, I came into this topic thinking I'm going to go one way. There's a really strong push here, and it's the effort and the argument that, I, that I'm that i enjoying. Um, here's the thing, Bennett, you got a point. Uh, there is, there, there's that bonding time of, of cutting it down. There's the fresh tree smell. There's, 
the fires. There's something kind of peaceful about it. Um, and it, it, I'm all for small businesses. I, I literally help small businesses every day uh, with my job uh, with the Small Business Administration. So, you know, that's a really good argument. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm really, really lazy. Um, <laughs> I knew that argument would work on you. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very lazy. I don't want to be having to trim my tree and, and, and water my tree. I would, my dog would probably pee on my tree if it was real. Um, that's a lot of work. And the fact that I'd have to do that every single year, whereas I bought last two years ago, the week after Christmas, I got a really good deal on a tree. And then last year we got to use it for the first time. We're on year two of it. And I plan to have this thing for several more years before I have to buy another one. Now, Rod, I am offended because mine is pre-lit and that's a lot less work I have to do oh, uh, because I'm lazy. Yeah, but if, if a strand goes out, the tree's gone. You can't use it anymore. Yeah, you can. It's just like regular lots. They're just attached to the tree. Well, most of them, uh, most of the newer ones you can, but the ones that are the last 10 years, you got to throw away the whole tree. Well, I don't want to have to replace a bulb. <laughs> so with that said, a bulb on a real tree. <laughs> you may have to replace your house. Um, <laughs> so with that said, I'm, I'm, I'm in the holiday spirit. I'm going to give a gift here inside with Elrod. But Bennett, the pitch almost worked. Mm. Almost. Almost. I know worked. your audience, though. That's the reason I went that convenience route. All right, Elrod. I believe you're uh, heading up our next topic that's kind of on the same. Yeah, so one of the – we're talking about debates now. One of the fiercest debates among everybody that likes Christmas and that puts out decorations is which Christmas tree lots – are better on our, on our tree. Is it colored lots or is it white lots? It's a big debate. So Bennett, I think you have uh, colored lots. So how about you take us off? I do have colored lots. And as I mentioned in my last topic, Christmas is about traditions. And I can't think of a greater tradition than stringing up those multicolored lots on the tree. We do have multicolored lots in my household. As a kid, I had multicolored house uh, lots in the house, and I'm about 99% sure that my parents had multicolored lots on their trees growing up too. They're they're nostalgic. It reminds me of a simpler time growing up when I didn't have a care in the world, didn't have to care about all this stuff. The only thing I cared about was did Santa leave me that Power Ranger or that Ninja Turtle that I wanted. Takes me back to my childhood, and if you have kids like me and Rudd do, um, chances are they prefer that glow of the multicolored lights. You know, you get to see that little twinkle in their eye when they see the tree lit up, not just one plain white color, all the colors. Kids love colors. But let's not just take my word for it. Let's see how some of the most iconic Christmas trees of all time have been decorated. Consider this, Christmas Vacation. Home Alone, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and A Christmas Story, which Elrod, you 
you still need to give that uh, movie some more credit. Oh, I refuse. Uh, if you look, all the trees in these movies are uh, with decorated with multicolored lights. And quite possibly the most famous tree in the United States. That's the Rockefeller tree in New York City. It's majestically lit up with multicolored lights this year. Ooh. Some people say that they're tacky. And uh, from purely from a color theory standpoint, all the colored lights strung up on a tree should be too busy. It shouldn't work. But when you add your multicolored lights with the spirit of Christmas, it equals the greatest U.S. Christmas tradition. And that's one that I'm carrying on with my family for years to come. Multicolored lights on your Christmas tree. Ooh. Well, this is a tough one for you. This is going to be tough to overcome this. Why is it clear lights? All right, I want you to think about what a house looked like in the 60s, really more like the 70s. You've got shag carpet on the floor. You've probably got carpeted walls that are a weird pea-looking green or, or some kind of orange-ish, shade-ish. And you've got colored lights on the trees back then. Now, we can look back in the year 2020 at the shag carpeting and, and the weird carpeted walls, and we say, you know, that's kind of tacky. Why can't we look at the colored lights and admit the same thing? In the 50 years ago, yes, colored lights were the thing. They were traditional. That's what everybody had. We've got to evolve, people. This is 2020. What the world needs is calm, serenity, class. Everything that is represented in the calming nature of the white lights on a Christmas tree. You know, because when you think about it, Bennett said, oh, some people will say that that colored lights are too busy. They are. They're too busy and they're tacky. You know what matches everything? Calm, soothing white lights. And if we're talking outdoor lights, it's got to be white. You're going to think have somebody thinks the cops are coming or an ambulance or they missed a red light. If there's all these colors going crazy, if you're decorating for Christmas, nothing says class. Nothing says calm. Nothing says warm, fuzzy family. Like the calmness, the class, and the non-tackiness of mm. white Christmas lights. Right. I appreciate your argument. If we're talking about outside, outside lights, clear lights, all day long. But Bennett went through what... The, iconic christmas trees I, I really like that it's this is no contest in my book i mean i try to go into this with a clear mind a clear mind but you got to go with the multicolored lights on this on the christmas tree you just got to just begs you to pick them and that's the way i'm going with this so bennett takes this one you know you get out of the past and evolve with the time you know, multicolored lights are tacky but i think christmas is the one time of year that you can be as tacky as you want, and everybody else is just as tacky as you are. No, it's a southern thing. 
peek behind the curtain, my Christmas tree right now, my pre-lit fake tree that I have has several settings because it's a fancy mm. Christmas tree. And it's currently flashing alternating between white and colored lights. So <laughs> really, I was a hypocrite, regardless of which side I took tonight. Um, but anyway, here's a Christmas gift for you Facebook viewers. Um, typically, when we do hodgepodges with, with six topics, we cut you off after two. We say come back tomorrow. No, we're not going to give you the whole show. We're not going to just give it away. We want you to listen to the podcast. We want you to watch YouTube. But Merry Christmas from the Convince Me guys here. We're giving you an extra topic tonight. You're going to get three topics on the Facebook preview tonight. And Mr. Bennett is going to introduce and mediate our third topic of the evening. Oh, sure. Our uh, our third topic is Christmas music. Everybody loves Christmas music. That's not what's up for debate tonight. But what is up for debate is when is the appropriate time to start playing your Christmas music? Is it immediately after Halloween or should you pump the brakes a little bit and wait till after Thanksgiving? And Rut, I'm going to start with you. When is the appropriate time? to start playing Christmas music. We live in a selfish world and in a selfish society. People are selfish in this country. They love Halloween because they want their candy. They want to be able to dress in something weird that they would never dress in the rest of the year. They want to be free and they want all the candy. And then as soon as that's over, they move into wanting presents. <laughs> they don't take the time. They just want more and more and more. They don't take the time to be thankful. We don't start celebrating this and then, oh, yeah, here's Thanksgiving. Let's eat some food. Greedy. And then, oh, okay, now we're back to Christmas. I want all these gifts. It doesn't work that way. Look at a football team. Look at my football team, the Florida Gators. You know what? They were all about gimme, gimme, gimme. We're going to the SEC championship, and if we do well, we're going to the college football playoff. And then they tried to stop off and say, oh, yeah, we got to play this game against LSU. Well, guess what happens when you <laughs> overlook something like these people overlook Thanksgiving? It's ridiculous. I, nobody, nobody loves Christmas music more than me. And I'm going to touch on that later on in this show, but nobody loves Christmas music more than me. But we take the holidays as they come. We don't skip around. We don't go back to something. After Halloween, we need to start being thankful for what we have, thankful for our families, not worried about all these presents we're going to get and getting this Christmas spirit because we want new stuff on Black Friday. The fact of the matter is, there's 12 days of Christmas and not a dang one of them's in November. Listen to your Christmas music after Thanksgiving. Okay, Elrod, what about Christmas music immediately after Halloween? Yeah, uh, I take I take offense to uh, to that, right? But but he here's the deal, Bennett. Thanksgiving as we know it is a shell of itself, how it used to be. 
Now, we can debate on whether it's because we're a selfish society or not. But here's the truth. Do you know what killed Thanksgiving, Bennett? The Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions airing that garbage every single year where either team has three wins. That was the only reason that Americans cared about Thanksgiving, other than the turkey, was football. Well, the Dallas Cowboys and the Lions killed Thanksgiving. Nobody watches the Macy's Parade anymore. Look at the ratings. Very, very low rates. It's all about shopping. That's how we've evolved as a society. It's not an indictment against our society. It's just how it is. Thanksgiving, from the very foundation of the holiday, was all a lie. The, the, the Native Americans did not sing Kumbaya with the pilgrims. It, didn't, it never happened. It was all a lie. And we're finally coming around to understanding as a society that it was all a sham. So Christmas has really become a dual holiday. One in November, one in December. Thanksgiving is irrelevant now. It's irrelevant. I'm all about giving thanks, the turkey, yada, yada, yada. But... The Christmas music must commence after Halloween because that's the real, that's the next good holiday. Because Thanksgiving is irrelevant because of the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions. You're telling me that we need to hop on this bandwagon and evolve with the times and throw out Thanksgiving, but you can't evolve to throw out colored Christmas lights. <laughs> Mm. I evolve. You gotta evolve, right? You gotta exactly. evolve. Colored lights. <laughs> oh. You know, I, I I like Christmas music. It's it's growing on me. I like it a lot more than I did a few years ago, and I enjoy listening to it on the radio, driving around, getting gifts, seeing people, blah blah blah. But I do not want to hear any kind of Christmas music until after I've had my turkey. So for that, I'm all for Christmas music, but let's at least get through Thanksgiving, you know, give Thanksgiving its due credit as a holiday instead of skipping right through it. So I'm going to go with rut and say, let's start playing the music after Thanksgiving. Yeah, after the Cowboys lose for the 10th time. Yeah, let, let's... <laughs> Here's, here's the thing, our loyal listeners. When you look at these things, real tree, fake tree, we have fun here. It's a matter of preference. You do what you want to do. You like colored lights. You like white lights. It's a matter of preference. You do want to do. You do what you want to do. But if you start listening to Christmas music after Halloween, you're wrong and a terrible person. And I will stake my flag in that ground right now. Uh, but anyway... For more on my loving holiday kindness, um, Facebook viewers, we are going to leave it right there. We're halfway done with the show. You don't want to miss the second half because um, I have a feeling the second half is going to get a little heated. Um, just a guess. Maybe it's a maybe it's a, an empty promise to get you to a cheap ploy to get you to tune in, but uh, I don't think it is. Um, so make sure you're there tomorrow, Wednesday, federal holiday of Rutt's birthday, uh, to check out the full episode in YouTube and the podcast. For those of you currently on YouTube and the podcast, we will be right back. 
Welcome back in, everybody. Um, hope you enjoyed that short little commercial if you're listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoyed that half a second of a black screen if you're on YouTube. Um, but we're back for the second half of the holiday hodgepodge episode. And we're moving into our next topic. And we just talked about, is it too early to start listening to Christmas music? Is it too late? And we're staying on that of when, this is another when is the right time kind of topic. Now we talk about, we put up our Christmas tree. You pick your lights. You might do this in the 1st of November. You may do this the 1st of December. And all that's great, and we all know we, we, we sing our Christmas songs, and we look at our tree, and we enjoy our time right up through December the 25th. The question is, how much longer is that ambiance, your decor, staying up? Do you take down your Christmas decor immediately after Christmas? Or do you let it hang around and kind of phase yourself off of it into the new year? And Bennett, we're going to start with you. Why should we leave our Christmas decor up into the new year? All right. We'll make this short and sweet. <clears throat> if you recall back in Home Alone, Kevin was watching a movie called Angels with Filthy Souls. <laughs> and uh, right after Johnny blows away snakes, he tells them, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal, and a happy new year. Also, there's a very famous Christmas carol that goes, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You're probably thinking, what are you getting at here? Here's my point. These two holidays, while they're different, they're still intertwined in the holiday festivities. If you're a history buff, you may know that back in the uh, Victorian era, uh, Christmas trees and decorations weren't removed until the 12th night after Christmas, hence the 12 days of Christmas. And uh, this is probably my biggest point that I wanna make. My wife had me outside in the freezing cold up on a ladder that was too short. And I risk my life to hang these stupid lights on our gutters. And I'm not about to go racing outside on the night of Christmas or the day after Christmas and uh, take these bad boys down, okay? I'm proud of those lights. I'm proud of hanging those lights up and risking my life. And since we bought brand new lights this year, you bet good and well, I'm gonna get my money's worth out of these things. I'm leaving them up as long as possible. <laughs> also, a little side note about um, leaving it up till after New Year's. If you play Forrest Gump and you're watching Forrest Gump and it, you start, you turn it on at exactly the 10th hour and the 38th minute and the 57th second, that's when you need to start listening to it on New Year's Eve. If you do that, you will start the New Year's with Forrest Gump saying, Happy New Year's, Lieutenant Dan. So go do that. So Christmas lights need to stay up till after Hmm. All right, why should they come down sooner? I'm going to lose this one. He took us all the way back to the Victorian age. <laughs> I go back. Watch In Rhodesia. Show. Anyone that watches the show, or even 
if you haven't watched the show, if you listen to us for the first time or not, you know I'm all about tradition. You know I'm always taking the traditional route. It's time to get those lots down. It's time to get the Christmas decorations, all that crap out of here after Christmas. There is nothing tackier than going down the highway December 28th, December 29th, and especially at New Year, seeing these Christmas crap still up. Christmas is over. It's time to go into the New Year. You don't want to be taking crap. You don't want crap to be hanging on the wall, especially in 2020. You don't want that crap to be hanging on the wall on New Year's. Get the crap down. It's tacky. It's the past. I'm all about the future. I'm all about tradition. Get the crap out of here. So you're all about tradition, except, you know, when it comes to Thanksgiving, we can throw that out. And you don't like all the tacky crap, except for colored Christmas lights. Would you, you know, get in a lane and stand? I'm a chameleon. I like, I go, yeah. You're, you're going Kyle Bush going three wide by yourself right now. You can't stay in a dang lane. Um, here's the thing. Again, I can only base this off of me and my opinion and my lifestyle. And for the same reason that, that I let out, I, I chose Elrod as the winner with the fake tree over the real trees. The same reason I'm going to choose Bennett as the winner here. I'm lazy. I know I'm not, I, I 100% agree with Bennett's sentiment. I didn't hang up lights outside because I'm lazy. But this Christmas tree, I'm probably not in a big hurry to get it down right after Christmas. Because when you have kids after Christmas, you got to put all their crap together. And you might get to look at the new pair of socks you just got. And you want to sit down and you want to watch a Christmas story four times in a row. Because it's on the Turner Networks over and over and over again. Nowhere in that is there, I need to get out and turn out some daggum lights. I need to take all this down. I'm lazy. I'll get it down eventually. When I'm pissed off after a bowl game, that seems like a good time to let out some energy and take some lights down. Um, so I'm going to go with Bennett here. Take your sweet time. That's my call. The money's worth other than lights. They're not cheap. No, they're not cheap. Well, we're about to go a totally different direction. We've talked about decorations. We've talked about Christmas trees. We're going to talk about Christmas music now for a very hot debate. Rutt has a man crush in the music world. It's not Garth Brooks, folks. It's Michael Bublé. So tonight, he has his client, Michael Bublé, going against Mariah Carey in terms of who has a better Christmas playlist. So, Rut, how about you get things started with your man crush, Mr. Bublé? I think that's a bit of a stretch, but you know what? For the sake of this argument, we'll go with it. Here's the thing. I said earlier, nobody loves Christmas music more than me. And several years ago, when I was in my late teen years, when I was in my early college years, um, those that know me, which would be you two and, and some other people, I had a tradition every year. Um, every year, about early December after Thanksgiving, I, I went out and I bought a new Christmas album every year. Um, I either bought a CD that kids is when you had to go in the store and buy this thing called a compact disc to listen to, 
or I paid to download it. Um, I didn't just push the stream button. I actually had to pay to download an album, but I got a new album every year. That was my thing. And I've heard some great Christmas albums over the years. Uh, some absolute classics from Frank Sinatra. Rod Stewart had a great Christmas album. Uh, there's been a lot of great Christmas albums, but in 2011, I picked up quite possibly the greatest Christmas album that was ever released, simply titled Christmas by Michael Bublé. And this thing, other than Ava Maria, which is in another language that I don't know the words, I'm sure it was a fantastic song if I could understand it. But outside of that, from beginning to end, I don't, and this is not the right terminology, but just to be cool with the kids, this album's an absolute banger. Um, except it, you know, very much not what you would describe as a banger, but but it's fantastic. This guy is, especially on this Christmas album, I don't listen to a lot of his non-Christmassy stuff, but but he's a modern-day Frank Sinatra. And Frank Sinatra is, as we all know, the greatest voice of all time. He's just, Michael Buble absolutely kills it on this album. He's got original songs. He covers your classics. He puts the new spin on it. Like he sings Santa Baby from a male perspective. Uh, and it's fantastic. Uh, he, he put a new spin on Jingle Bells. And how do you mess with Jingle Bells and not screw it up? But he didn't. He killed it. But probably the most important thing for this argument, when you think of Mariah Carey and Christmas, you think of one song over and over and over and over. Michael Buble sings the same song on his album, and it's ten times better. And it, you take all the poppiness out of it that is Mariah Carey's version, and he actually turns it into a love song like the lyrics would lead you to believe they are. Um, truly sings the song in a way that's meaningful and not poppy and on target commercials. Um, when you're looking at talent, when you're looking at, at musical ability, not poppy, catchy, you're looking at real music. This isn't even a debate. It's Michael Bublé all day, baby. <laughs> Bennett, why is it? Miss Mariah Carey. Yeah, so in late October of 94, Mariah drops her fourth album titled Merry Christmas. I'm sure you know it's got your classics like Silent Night, Oh Holy Night, Joy to the World, and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. But also included on this album was some little ditty y'all may have heard of that she co-wrote, All I Want for Christmas is You, which is the best-selling Christmas single by a female artist and one of the best-selling singles of all time. By 2017, it reportedly had earned around $60 million in royalties. And get this, it has charted every holiday season since its release. That's how big it is. Among all the classics that we hear every year, like um, Elvis, Bing Crosby, Andy Williams, Frank Sinatra, like it or not, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is like our generation's contribution to Christmas classic songs, which is made evident by the it's a eight-time platinum certification. Here's the bottom line on this. 
the Merry Christmas album is one of the best-selling Christmas albums of all time. It sold 15 million copies worldwide. I know us three guys, we're not big, huge Mariah Carey fans. We don't listen to all her songs. But we cannot deny her contribution to the Christmas music genre with one of the most successful Christmas albums of all time, Merry Christmas. So I think just for the huge success that it had and the cultural impact that it's had and the contribution that it has made to the uh, Christmas music genre, you have to give it to Mariah. Mm. As much, and I mean as much, is uh, this is tough. As much as I would want to go against Mariah Carey, especially going into a mall around Christmas time, hearing this song, if you're going to any store, you're hearing this song about five times in one store. But you can't deny the impact. And as much as I would want to go with your boy, Blay, right? You got to go with Mariah on this. All I want for Christmas is you wins the day. Mm. Mm. You look kind of disappointed down there. You just picked that because I was on the other side, but that's fine. I gave you a win earlier. And to make you mad going into the final final debate tonight. There's so, yeah. Time for us to wrap this thing up, and we're going to do so with probably our most heated debate. I know both of you guys are firmly planted on y'all's stance, so I expect this one to be good. And uh, as highly subjective as it is, I think that's what makes this such a, a heated topic for the last what 30 plus years. Mm-hmm. And that is, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Elrod, I want you to start us off. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Bennett, I want to say this. One of the, I guess, the arguments against Die Hard being a Christmas movie is it's not about Christmas. Therefore, it can't be a Christmas movie. Okay. Those same people that take that side also have to concede that Home Alone is not a Christmas movie because it's not about Christmas. Kevin McAllister's at his house at Christmas, but it's not about Christmas. His family has abandoned him. If you look at Die Hard and Home Alone, I can make the argument with a straight face, Bennett, that Die Hard's more of a Christmas movie than Home Alone is. If you look at it, and and here's what I want you to focus on. In the first scene of the film, you've got New York City detective John McLean. You've got him going on an airplane to L.A. to see his wife. When he gets on board, the flight attendant says, Merry Christmas. And he's carrying a teddy bear with a bow on it because he wants to give a present to his kid. It's Christmas Eve. You've got Christmas music playing. And you've got classical uh, hits like um, noted Run DMC's Christmas and Hollis. You've got that movie playing in the background. You've got his wife, John McClane's wife in the movie, her name is Holly. What, what name goes with Christmas? Holly. You've got her company's Christmas party. Then you've got Hans Gruber that shows up and takes over the building. But let's look at some other things that make Die Hard a Christmas movie. Santa Claus. There's a Santa Claus appearance in the movie. Now, uh, there is a scene where a guy with a Santa hat comes out and says, I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. On, it's got ho, ho, ho on his shirt. It snows at the end of the movie. 
The last time it snowed in L.A. was 1962, but it snows in this movie in Los Angeles. And the stats don't lie on this, Bennett. Let's look at a, a Dish Network press release from last year. 1.3 million Americans watch Die Hard on Christmas Eve. It actually beat out traditional, that you consider Christmas movies Home Alone. Miracle on 34th Street and the Santa Claus. More Americans watched this movie on Christmas Eve last year than those movies. I know that, that the knock is, well, it's not about Christmas. But in order to be a Christmas movie, it doesn't have to be about Christmas. It can be all the all of the different things that culminate in it being a Christmas movie. So if you look at it on the whole, Die Hard could be more of a Christmas movie than Home Alone. I know that seems crazy, but if you look at what I've outlined, it's really not. So Die Hard is absolutely a Christmas movie, and I'll leave you with this. The director of Die Hard was asked, this is a big debate on the internet, is it a Christmas movie or is it not? And the director of the movie said it absolutely was. That's my case. Right. Um I'm going to have to give Elrod some credit. He's made some good points about um, Die Hard being a Christmas movie. What do you think? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I've added to my arguments just based off the things he has said, but here's the thing. There's a lot. In, to say Home Alone's not a Christmas movie or that Die Hard's more of a Christmas movie is the most... You've said some pretty stupid things in the 36 episodes we've done on this show. That's close to the top. Um, coming from myself and Mr. Bennett, who has seen Home Alone 8,713 times, both Home Alone and Home Alone 2, there's a lot of talk about the meaning of Christmas and, and being with family. That's kind of the point of it. So to say, oh, it's not about Christmas. Did you? No, it's about Christmas. You're an idiot. That's number one. Number two, Home Alone and other traditional Christmas movies are marketed as such. And when you put out a Christmas movie, you put it out probably most of the time in December, sometimes late November, to get into that Christmas spirit. Die Hard was released in July of 1988. Not necessarily the... Uh, the, the ideal spot to put out a Christmas movie. That's number one. Number two, yes, it is Christmas time in the movie Die Hard. Bennett, have you seen the movie E.T.? Oh, a long, long time ago. But you remember the basics of E.T. Is E.T. a Halloween movie? Hmm. No, not really. I don't think of it when I think of Halloween movies. But but according to Elrod's logic, it's got to be because Halloween happened in that movie. They went. Oh no, no, that's not what I said. That's what I'm saying. Have you seen the, the all American film classic featuring the classical actor Polly Shore in the movie Son in Law? I uh, can't say that. I have. First of all, all right, follow on your face. But second of all. That happens around Thanksgiving. That's not a Thanksgiving movie just because Thanksgiving happened. Here's one you have seen, Bennett. Forrest Gump. 
Is Forrest mm-hmm. Gump a New Year's movie? Oh. <laughs> because Gump New Year's man. happens in that movie. Happy New Year, Lieutenant Dan. Is that a New Year's movie? No, it's not. It's not. It's not. Just because, it's not it, just because it happens at that time of year doesn't make it a movie for that holiday. And I will end with this. It, it was released in July. It was never marketed as a holiday movie. It was never just because Christmas happened doesn't make it there. And Elrod wants to weigh in. Well, the director said it was. <laughs> he directed the, the movie. The most important <laughs> person, single person in the entire Die Hard franchise. Bruce Willis weighed in in 2018, and Bruce Willis said that that was ridiculous to think that Die Hard was a Christmas movie. It was absolutely not a Christmas movie. Oh, finish that quote. No, that's not what he said. Finish the quote, right? He said it wasn't a Christmas movie. It was... He said it was a Bruce Willis movie, but he used some expletives before that. He did say that, but he said it was a Bruce Willis movie. It was a joke. Well, it is a Bruce Willis movie. Well, it was the joke. Let me ask you this, Bennett. Does does the movie Forrest Gump, does it take place exclusively on New Year's? No. I never once said that. The movie Die Hard takes place on one day. It's, it's Christmas. It's snow. It's Christmas lights. It's Santa Claus with machine guns. Does it, does it only snow on Christmas? No, but that adds adds to the allure of it. It's like it's Christmas in L.A. It just is what it is. And it clearly is. When you ask, what do you want to know about a book, Bennett? You ask the author. And what what was his intent? The director didn't write the movie. Well, the movie, it's a director because he's the one that directs everything. It's the writer. It's the director. No. The director okay. takes what the writer wrote. And he can make changes accordingly. Here's how I see it. All important answer here. <clears throat> Is it a Christmas movie? Yes, it does have Christmas elements. Time frame set on Christmas Eve. You've got the Christmas music in it. It's got Christmas scenes. It shows Christmas decor. And um, like you said, the uh, was it the director that said it was a mm-hmm. uh, it was a intended to be a Christmas movie. Now, some of the things working in the no factor, as it was certainly, certainly, certainly not marketed as a Christmas movie. If you look at the front cover of Die Hard. You know, you've got was it Bruce Willis on the front, and like the the uh, the cover is like black, and there's like a building. If you go and look at every single Christmas movie and how they're marketed, you know, it's usually a white background. You've got your green colors, your red colors. It's festive. Die Hard's cover isn't festive, and usually there's some tagline in every single one of the Christmas movies, like on the poster. Die Hard doesn't have a Christmas tagline on the poster. And if you want to ask Bruce Willis, he said that it wasn't, but take it for what it's worth. Um, another thing for the yes factor is a lot of people do sit down to watch it on Christmas. He said they had 1.3 million that watched last year. Um, but what kind of 
trips me up is is the actual movie about Christmas or does it just take place on Christmas? Does, is there the uh, Christmas undertones to it? Does it does it make you feel like you know Christmassy? You know, like yeah, sure it does. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Yippee ki <-yay>. really <laughs> makes me think. <laughs> Just you know. It's, okay, it's time out, Bennett. Ha have you watched Die Hard before? No. Okay, before you pass judgment on this, how about this? How about we keep this open ended? You watch Die Hard, and then we come back on our next show and you render your verdict then. How about that? Or you can just go ahead and give me the win now because that's how it's going to go. You can watch it with the millions and millions of people who think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. It's going to be on television. This you, uh, I'm, I've got a little bit of time off work right now, so I may just do just that if I catch it on TV. But for the time being, to render a verdict until I see it, I'm going to side with Rudd and say that just because it has a Christmas theme to it and it has a Christmas setting, I'm not completely sold that it has the whole Christmas undertones and the Christmas meaning to it. Okay. And here's the thing. Your whole thing about a Christmas story, we're going to go back a few weeks. This is a callback to other shows. If you don't know what we're talking about, go back and watch. But you, you said, oh, the well, only reason people watch Christmas stories because there's nothing else on on Christmas. Well, here's the thing. Maybe they've already watched Christmas Story twice and there's nothing else on on Christmas. Hence why they all, everybody watches Die Hard. No, no, it's a Christmas Eve movie. It takes place on Christmas Eve. So it would be playing on the 24th rather than 25th. Well, then that in and of itself. So you're not even arguing it's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas no, movie instead of Christmas Eve. I would. See? I'm blown. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that'll wrap up this show. Um, mm. Hard, not a Christmas movie. Um, don't it's listen. around Christmas, but it's right now, not a Christmas movie. Don't mm. listen to your Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. When you do, listen to Buble. Don't listen to Mariah Carey. You're going to hear her in every store you go into, every commercial you watch on TV. When you make your own choices, choose Michael Buble. Um, put, I guess, colored lights on your fake tree and don't take it down till after the New Year's. That's what we've learned this week on this educational program but seriously guys thank you all for tuning in we will be back next week with our last show of the year uh how are we going to end the year we're going to go out with the bang we don't know what that bang is yet but it's going to be a bang um it's going to be a good one thank you guys for joining us everybody be safe uh out there when you're on the road uh a lot of people can't drive and do stupid things. Of course, we're living in a pandemic. Uh, just be smart, be safe. Uh, have a great holiday from us to you. Uh, go out and enjoy it. On the day you're listening to this on YouTube uh, or uh, on the podcast, 
thank you. I'm sure you said, oh, happy birthday, Rut, when I said it was going to be my birthday when this comes out. Thank you. I really appreciate that. We won't talk about how many it is. That doesn't matter. When you're old, it don't matter. After 30, it all kind of goes downhill. Elrod doesn't even know how old I'm going to be. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for joining us. Have a safe and happy holiday season. We will be back next week to wrap up the year that has been 2020. Gentlemen, any parting words? Die Hard will forever be a Christmas movie. And I will die on no hill. You just yeah, I'll leave, leave y'all with this. Hope everybody enjoyed this episode. One of my favorites. We had two Forrest Gump references this week. Rut, happy birthday. And everybody watching and listening, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate. Have a good one. And we will see you guys next week. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. And we'll see you next week, right before that Happy New Year. Peace. Okay.